microphone check. Check, check, check. This is the Super Coin Brothers Podcast. Hosted by the Super Coin Brothers at Sahara Coins in Las Vegas. Hey, thanks for listening to episode three of Super Coin Brothers. Uh, we've got lots to talk about today. The market is going all over the place this past week. Um, silver's down, gold's down, everything is down. Um, but we got a lot of that stuff we're going to talk about, and kind of the reasons we think. Uh, but first, we, we've got Jason the Chili Pepper Coronado with us here today. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Beautiful Saturday morning. Yeah, Saturday morning. It's kind of hard getting up on Saturday sometimes. And we have, you know, we work quite a bit. We get off on Friday. It's Friday. We live in Vegas. You want to go do something. Then in the morning, <laughs> we're back to it. So, uh, now, your nickname, The Chili Pepper. Now, I know you you didn't really have a hand in coming up with that nickname, Um, but I I think we kind of hit the nail on the head. I mean, give me some reasons why you think we may have called you The Chili Pepper. Well, um, first off, I love music. You know, I've always played guitar and drums and bass, and I admire the band The Chili Peppers. They're one of my favorite bands, you know. I've always wanted to go see them. I even have a little uh, casino chip on my desk, you know, Red Hot Chili Peppers. I don't know. Maybe because I'm Mexican. That's you know, part Mexico, of it. You know, the independence just came up. Uh, I love uh, to, you know, eat my tacos with salsa and anything I can. Put it on my <laughs> chips. Whatever, man. You know how we Mexicans roll. I'd rather go with the, the fact that you've got the poker chip on your desk. I'm glad you didn't say something crazy like you have fleece tube socks stuck to your wall. <laughs> but uh, anyways, man, so you've been here for a very long time. You've been with Sahara Coins. How long have you been here? Oh, Four years accumulated, yeah. Yeah, you've been here a while. I mean, and you do a little bit of everything. I mean, there's not one thing that, that you, you stick to. You you kind of know how to do just about everything that, that's done here. Um, and I know lately, I mean, you're a pretty big part of the buying side of things. I mean, kind of give me a rundown of that. Well, you know, I started in like 2000, the end of 2008. My brother had a job here. You know, he got me in here. And, you know, it's a blessing because this place has shown me so much, taught me a lot about you know, even life, just dealing with people every day. Um, I took a break because I went to Canada for a couple years and then came back, had the opportunity to work here. And ever since then, I've just been growing and growing in knowledge and in liking to coins, to bullion, things like that. And really, at one point in my life, I was just like, coins, why coins? I mean, it's not really cool to me. I mean, I don't really like it. It doesn't appeal to me. But then I started to see how there's a money factor involved. You know how you know everybody wants money, right? Right. And so how you could buy something, hold on to it simply, you know, just you could hold on to it in your pocket as a lucky coin and it grows value throughout time. You know, you gotta watch it, but it does grow value. So when it that I caught on to that, that's what opened doors to me. Then after, you know, the liking to history and coinage, that came after. But yeah, now now I just uh you know, I try to inform people and in the booth. I, I learn a lot because I have to know a lot. If I'm going to be buying coins and explain to people what their coins are worth, you can't have some just Joe Schmo there, oh, yeah, like, uh, yeah, that thing's worth a dollar when it's really worth something that's, <laughs> you know. Now, speaking of, of having the knowledge and knowing what's going on, um, right now the market is not doing so hot. I mean, at least, at least if you're on the side where you're trying to sell. If you're trying to buy... Things are looking good. I mean, right now, where are we at on, on uh, gold, silver, platinum, and palladium? Well, gold right now is at 12, 16, 20. It's, it's really dropped a lot. You know, it's in red right now. Silver, 17, 79. That's amazing. That it's is been insane. that way since, what, 2010 or something? It's been quite a while. I know because we were all trying to conjure up money to buy silver last time it did this. It's crazy. 
platinum, 1333. You know, it's always been around 1314. That's really not that fluctuant. Yeah. Palladium, 809. Same same kind of deal. But gold and silver, they're just going nuts. I don't know what's going down, but they're drop they're dropping the bomb, man. Now here's here's my question, kind of an off question. I noticed you said palladium 809. Palladium doesn't move as much as everything else. Now, I know sometimes that's a bad thing because it doesn't skyrocket up, but it's been real steady. Like, when everything else is dropping, Palladium has sat at about $800. What's your take on Palladium? I mean, I don't even really know all of the uses. I know that it's kind of a combination metal with other stuff, but Palladium seems to me like if it was just trying to preserve some money, it might be a good investment. Definitely. That's what I was thinking. You know, I always refer, when people ask, I want to invest in Palladium or Platinum, I'm like, you know what, that's a good savings account. That's a good reserve of money, of cash. You know, it doesn't move, so you know that, you know, well, you don't ever know what it's going to do. Right. But nine times out of ten, you can kind of guess through what it's been doing that it won't really take a drop, a drastic drop. So you could store some cash of that so you don't spend it on whatever, you know, go going out and blowing it all when you get drunk on the strip or whatever. But <laughs> gold and silver, really, like, I, I try to push people because there's a – you know, it's going to take a loss and it's going to go up too. So it's kind of like gambling, but, you know, there's more of a promise, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, in a sense, you could also look at it like one of the old school 401ks where you are you make that decision whether you want to put your money into something safe that, that doesn't move or you want to risk your portfolio that you may win, you may lose. So same thing. We, we gamble every day here. You know, this is the city of gambling. So that's exactly <laughs> what, uh, what that's like. Yeah. Now... We're seeing a few different things that that I think may have you know some of the you know weight behind what is causing the, the market to do what it's doing. Um, one is the U.S. dollar is actually up right now. Believe it or not, in a time of war and all these other things that are going on, our dollar is up. So people are getting a sense of confidence in the dollar and moving metals into the dollar, and that's 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 changing the price a little bit. I mean. I know you deal with a lot of people every day face-to-face. Have you heard anybody talking about, you know, the dollar and, and the changes that we're seeing? You know, a lot of the people, to be honest, that we deal with are kind of like doomsdayers or the people that just conspirators or people actually that just listen too much to other people's opinions, you know. So they're kind of like mixed up themselves. A lot of people are telling me in the booth that, oh, you don't even know what's ahead of you. You know, the dollar, people are, you know, rejecting the dollar. Other countries don't want to use it because it's there's nothing to back it and things like that. So, I don't know. You always hear opinions from everywhere, and you don't know which one to, you know, you just got to stick on to the hard metals, really. Isn't that the I mean, truth? Now, talking about people saying there's nothing backing our dollar, um, this last Thursday, Shanghai opened a gold exchange. Now, what they're doing is they're backing their currency with physical gold, and they're allowing their own community and internationally allowing people to trade gold with them. Now, they're starting with gold only. They have 11 contracts available, and they're talking about getting involved with silver, palladium, and all the other metals. Now, they're backing their currency with metal. We back our currency with their currency, so to speak. I mean, we borrow money from everybody, so... We're seeing that happening. I mean, does that does that shake up your opinion of what's going on with with gold at all? Or I I think that it's just you know they got this they got the gold you know they got oh, the yeah. gold. Uh, in two thousand eleven, I saw a report that China and Mexico were the two top um, consumers of gold and silver. I think silver they took like forty five hundred metric tons or something like that oh. of silver alone, and gold obviously probably double that. You know and 
I I don't know. I I think that just giving them more power, you know. But like, for, as for the U.S., if we're like relying on them, we're gonna have to do some kind of kiss up or something. Yeah, we're gonna like end that. up having to hand over <laughs> Idaho or something yes. to them. Something uh, something drastic's gonna happen, right? Definitely. Now, as far as locally coming back into the U.S. and uh, you know dealing with our customers here, not only our customers but anybody that may be listening, thinking about buying silver, gold, or anything. Um, Personally, at this point in the market, I would I would be recommending people just buy, 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 get as much of it as you can. I mean, what do you? What's your recommendation to people when they're first getting in? Like, what you know, what to look for, what to do, and what not to do. Well, when they're coming in, they got to come in with the mentality that they're not going to make money right off the bat. That's one thing that you know a lot of people when they're they're you know new coming in, they just want the money and they want it fast and they want you to tell them what's going to get them the most money. And if we had a crystal ball, we'd all be on a beach somewhere, right? right. Now. We wouldn't even be here. Definitely, in my private jet to Tahiti. Buddy. Exactly. <laughs> no, but, but I would suggest for them to do a little bit studying. Not studying numbers because the numbers on the online are bogus. You know, they come in. I have this coin, sixty-five thousand dollars. It's a ten-dollar coin. And I would suggest for them to study a little bit more of you know. You could even go on, on you know, kitco.com, something like that, PCGS for coins. Something to give them a little bit more of a backer so when they come in here, they can kind of have an idea of what we have, what we're selling it for. They can realize that we're not rip-offs. We have a very reasonable buyback price and sell price. And then from there, we can, you know, introduce them into bullion. Bullion because it's very easy um, it's very liquefiable. You know, they can just bring it back whenever they, they want to sell. Um, coins are a little bit different, and they have to do a little bit more studying. we got to do a little bit more explaining. But actually, you can make more money with coins, numismatics, than with gold and silver in a short a period of time. Yeah, you're, you're completely right on that. Um, another place they can go, they can go to saharacoins.org and click on our media tab. And we're, uh, we're putting up videos about collecting and about all these different things. And all those sites you mentioned, Kitco, PCGS, really education is key. Their education is really, it's, it's more valuable than their collection itself. So um, that's, that's pretty important. Now, I, I have noticed that I've only talked with three guys from, from here in the store um, on the podcast. And I noticed that the trend is that everybody seems to uh, love silver. I mean, silver seems to be the thing that, that we all lean towards. Now, there's other metals. You know, there are other metals. And I know silver is the most affordable. So that's, that's probably a big driving factor. But, uh, you know, where, where do you stand with all the other metals? I know we already talked about uh, palladium. But, you know, platinum and gold, they're also pretty viable choices for, for something to get into. If I were to invest or get some more, because I, I do got a lot of tons of silver. Not tons, but, you know, <laughs> I wish I did. Good luck storing tons. Climate jet. <laughs> but um, I love silver because it's very much undervalued. You know, you, you look at what they're consuming right now and, and you know, the medical use that they're, it's a micro uh, bacterial. It's, it's very clean metal. Uh, it doesn't oxidize, doesn't corrode. It's a, it's a metal that's used in solar panels, and with more technology, silver's going to be used a lot more. And because of that, it's going to shoot up. And why not buy it when it's really low and have it and to see it grow like really high? Gold, I would get into gold as well. Obviously, my, my wallet doesn't fit that. that uh, <laughs> yeah, it's right not an not a, not a easy thing to just spend a bunch of money on, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I want it, you know, but um, I don't know. I, I just, I mean... 
to answer your question, what what I like or the other metals, I don't really like palladium or platinum. That's just my own opinion. Yeah. I mean, if I wanted something shiny and silver color, I'd get silver. It looks exactly the same. <laughs> and they're using it a lot more in, in technology and things like that. So I, I don't know. I think it's going to just crawl up. Now, one of the things that I, I want to ask you about, because I know you are one of the big silver guys here, is that... Uh, one of the things that, that I know I talk to customers about is storage. Um, you know, gold, if you spend $2,000 on gold, you have two coins, you're going to go put it away in a shoebox, hide it under your bed. You're going to do something easy. Um, you spend two grand on silver, you have tubes of silver. So over time, you're going to end up with a whole lot of silver. Now, we see people that say, hey, I hide it at my house, or, you know, I put it in my safe, or I put it in a safety deposit box. Now, not to not to just only give my opinion here, but safety deposit boxes, in my opinion, just are, are not a very good way to go. They're, I mean, they're secure, I guess, but I'm just one of those people that if I can't get to it without somebody else giving me a key or giving me access, it doesn't feel like it's mine anymore. So where do you stand on storage of silver and, and, and metals in general? Totally. I totally agree. I mean, a lot of the people, it's funny because they are uh, people that invest in silver and gold. And also they invest in, you know, ammunition and guns and things like yeah. that. So, of course, they want those things easy, accessible. You know, I would suggest getting yourself a very, very large and very heavy safe. Because, you know, at the end of the day, if you really need those things and you have to go to Bank of America or wherever to your safe deposit box, first you got to find the key. And if you lost that thing, you're screwed. Then you have to fill out all this paperwork. Then you have to clear it so you can go back there. Really, it's just a big hassle. In an emergency, who knows what will happen? You know, I'm not trying to be a doomsdayer here, but we never know. Well, you're right. And in the same sense, what's to say that that bank doesn't close its doors? And guess exactly. what? All your assets are locked in there. So yeah, exactly. It's it's a big deal. The other thing is with the safe, uh, big, heavy, bolt that thing down. Get bolt it bolted it to the ground. Uh, if someone really wants your safe and it's not bolted down, I don't care how big it is. They can get it out. Golf balls are strong, and I've watched large safes get rolled around on golf balls. So... Yeah, definitely some good advice there. Um, now, aside from silver, I know that you really, really like Canadian coins. Um, I know you kind of have some history with Canada. I mean, if you if you feel like sharing some of that, go sure, go yeah. for it. Definitely, Canadian coins I really like for many reasons. One of them, I actually lived there. I lived in Montreal. Great time. Great people. Learned French. Learned Spanish. Even I was a missionary for my church. But you learned Spanish while you were I in Canada. Did. Yeah, I didn't know that. I did. I understood it before. Wow, that's odd. I've taken it in high school in the U.S. and I can't even learn it. <laughs> There's <laughs> actually a lot of people. Man, it's very diverse. But also, they're, they're diverse with how they make coins. They really take time and care into what they make. I don't know why, but they have the most pure coins out there. You know, according to them, you know, they say five nines. Five nines, that's, you can't get much purer than that. That's, that's like, true. We don't have anything that's as pure as that. I mean, that's one thing that I will say they've done is made some pure coinage. Pure coins, and they're purely beautiful, too. Like, you look at them, they really make all their coins very proof-like. You know, U.S., we have beautiful coins, but you have to pay extra for a proof. Over there, their standard silver dollar, they look proof already. And they got nice little lines and details. You know, you got the queen on the back and the maple leaf. I don't know. They just appeal to me. And now with the wildlife series and things like that, or the Montreal, uh, the older commemoratives they make, they just, I don't know. They're very, very nice. They're affordable and they're very pure. Now, aside from the Canadian stuff that, that we know you like a lot, is there any other series of coin that, that we do carry and that most places you carry 
that really make you, you know, get excited when you see them and you want to you want to learn as much as you can about them. I know, uh, you know, talking with Adrian, um, Adrian likes silver and he likes he likes tone stuff. Uh, Alex really likes the Buffalo nickels. Um, you know, is there anything like that that you really, really enjoy? To be honest with you right now, you know, I'm trying to be politically correct, but I like the Mexican stuff, man. Yeah. Yo, Mexico. Like, all the coins that they've ever made, they have such a strong history attached to them. Ever since the eight reales from the break-off of Spain, you know, all the way up until, like, you know, the different battles they had with Pancho Villa and revolutionary coins and things like that, those things really appeal to me, not only because of my nationality, but they're really, really well-made for what they are. Different mint marks are across the country. They had more mints than we do here. The history, I don't know, I just like all that. And, you know, the onzas, those are non-taxable. That's something that not many people know, is that the Libertas are non-taxable. They don't have a dollar amount. And uh, you could buy them for the same price as a maple, but not pay the tax. Now, one of the cool things, too, that I actually like about uh, thinking about all the Mexican coins that they've made, kind of like here, a lot of our coins, it's real real interesting to start thinking who may have held that coin. Now, let's let's turn that over to Mexico. Really think about where some of those coins could have been. I mean, that that gets, to me, almost even more interesting than, than some cowboy and Indian carrying a coin here. That could have very well been, you know, part of some major, major stuff, you know. Uh, that's that to me is is a big draw on that stuff too. Definitely, yeah. There's there's just so much to learn attached with coins, you know, and, and even bullion to see what it's doing and what's done, you know. But now coins, <laughs> it definitely is. Now coins, we know, uh, like you mentioned in the beginning, you know that you can make a lot of money on coins. Uh, bullion, in my opinion, it's a, it's. It, I don't want to call it a you know absolute safe bet, but it is kind of a safe move. Um, and when you jump into coins, I mean, what are some reasons that you would have to buy coins over bullion? Obviously, you have a personal liking to the coins. You could pick out a coin that appeals to you, has eye appeal to you. You're going to have with you on display or in your, in your safe or whatever. But also, you could pick coins that are rare that not many people have access to. Here at Sahara Coins, we actually try to get the best of the best coins we can. You know, we have sources all around the US and we can get you whatever coin you want so if you want a rare coin we can get you that rare coin because you know and you hold on to that coin you'll see that if you have a coin that has a lower mintage and it's a higher grade and it's capped you're gonna see it crawl up like nothing you know nothing but if it's a coin that you know that's very common like a 81s Morgan in 63 or something like that really it's just gonna sit there and look pretty it's yeah. not really going to do much for your wallet. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's true. It's true. It's nice to look at, uh, but it doesn't necessarily grow your uh, your finances at all. But, hey, man, it was uh, it was good sitting down with you and talking about this and learning a little bit more about you. Um, you know, we're going to have to sit down again and, and start going over some more educational stuff uh, for all the people that are going to be listening in. And, uh, again, great. I appreciate you coming and, and uh, sitting down with me and, and doing this. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Awesome.